This is Erased. I'm Colette Bauer-Zinn. And this is Lisa Johnson. Two Black moms bonded by bluntness, tenacity, and an unwavering commitment to creating communities of support. Every Thursday, we're exploring where the intersections of education, race, and culture collide, dissecting interracial issues to help you navigate and thrive, despite being marginalized. Welcome to another episode of Erased. I'm your co-host, Lisa Johnson, here with Colette Bowers in. And we are fortunate to have with us a guest who is gracious enough to join us for a second time because... Remix! <laughs> Our cherry was popped. We actually recorded a fabulous session with her and the audio. Did you just... I did. Girl. It, hey, we're, we haven't, what, an, an explicit... <laughs> I, I get it, but... <laughs> Rating? <sighs> you never know what you're going to get here. Anyway, thank you, thank you, thank you for joining us again. Um, we are going to be talking about hair today. Um, from the afro to hair wraps to braids and more, hairstyles have always been a key way black women have expressed beauty, style, and culture. And decade after decade, we use our hairstyles to lift us up in solidarity and, and celebrate our culture, all the while society is working hard to keep us down. The reality is, who does not have a hair story if they have melanin in them? <laughs> And yet still, we're in a moment right now, a crowning moment, if you will. Black women are embracing their hair in unapologetic ways. And we even now have movements like the Crown Act, where for the first time, there's legislation pending to protect us against discrimination based on race-based hairstyles. So that's a good thing. We still have a lot of room for growth. But so again, so today we're talking about hair and we We are re-talking about hair. I want to pause and acknowledge that because very clearly straight up, when we were posting about the fact that we lost an entire episode, it was this episode right here. So we are super lucky, very grateful to re-welcome Miss Felicia Leatherwood into the room for our conversation uh, with over 26 years of experience, Felicia is widely known as one of Hollywood's best celebrity hairstylists and an expert on natural hair. She's worked with countless stars, including Viola Davis, Ava DuVernay, Will Smith, Issa Rae, and so, so, so many more. Felicia conducts hair care workshops around the world and is sometimes referred to as the hair whisperer, the natural hair whisperer. Um <laughs> Because she is known for miraculously restoring health, beauty, and vitality to her clientele's hair. She is most importantly a black businesswoman, and we will get into that and talk about her amazing (laughs) products that also get used in my home regularly. Welcome, Felicia. Thank you for so graciously coming back to join us and re-record. Thanks for having me back, and thanks for being patient with my uh, schedule really so thank you not at all thanks for being patient with re-recording so it was such a lovely conversation last time so good and this is a topic that we could talk about every week and have rich conversations about it but let's start off by you sharing with us when was the last time you felt erased diminished invisible because of your gender race hairstyle all the time actually <laughs> you know, life is um, life is interesting. It's this is a good question, and I don't know if the answer I'm giving you is is where we are, but 
sometimes, and maybe some of your listeners will have a familiarity with this. You can be in a group of people talking and someone will talk louder than you and you never get heard. And I come from a family that we don't over talk each other. We don't, uh, we're not loud talkers. Mm -hmm. uh, my mother talks very humbly, very softly. We were taught not to raise our voices. Yeah. So when I'm in a room full of people who talk over each other or interject and don't go back to what the original person was or the last person was speaking yeah. on, that feels erasing to yeah. me. Yeah, uh, I feel like it's dismissed. And, and then what I tend to do is I will just be quiet and yeah. let them finish talking. And I always admire that one person who was really paying attention to me and will come back and say, well, Felicia had a point. Yes. What were you saying? Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. So I think I'm more conscious about that feeling more yeah. than than anything else. It's just being in a in a room or a crew or group and just trying to get your point across and someone speaking over you yeah. and then everybody just kind of like ignoring what yeah. you were just I love that because we often when we think about being erased are talking about others outside of our circles oftentimes and I love that we're bringing the focus back to the people right next to you, right, and whom you and, love and adore, and the importance of throwing each other a bone and being really present and aware. Like I love that you know you recognize that someone comes back to you and 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 asks you what you thought. I love that. Um, so on the hair journey, so how did you get started? When did you know that this was your thing, and end up deciding you were going to make a living at this? So I'm I'm actually glad kind of glad that our last conversation got erased because <laughs> uh, I have a very different emotion than I did last time we spoke. Mm -hmm. I'm growing my hair out right now and my hair has been in a Caesar cut for the last 10 years. And the journey to me as a natural hairstylist growing my hair out is difficult. And the reason why is because I have a very tender scalp and I've forgotten that. I've forgotten that from a baby, I had, uh, I forget, there's a condition where your scalp is so tender, almost to the touch. So as my hair is growing out and it's super dry and I have gray silver hair coming in, that's also super dry. My scalp hurts. Mm. Ooh. So now I'm reminded why I even got into this and how I got started. It was because no one understood my hair, yeah. my scalp, my texture. And I was tortured yeah. a lot. And thank God it wasn't my mom who tortured me. It was my grandmother's. <laughs> but my mom never put a relaxer in my hair. Um, and I asked her about it one day and she said she just never thought that that's something you should do to a child. Mm -hmm. I was like, okay. And my mother wasn't conscious. She wore relaxers. She wore straight hair. She wasn't into natural hair. But somehow she knew putting a relaxer on me at a young age was not the thing to do. Mm -hmm. um, and then later on, we discovered I'm allergic to relaxer. So she allowed me to do my own hair, cultivate my own skill with it. And here I am talking to you all today. 
Wow. Go moms. Right? Because my mom put that relaxer in <laughs> We lived in the South, Atlanta, Georgia. I don't remember not having a perm until I was an adult. <laughs> and both of you got, y'all have thick hair. Yeah. So I can imagine, like, just if you had natural hair without the products we have now back then, yeah. you would have been mad. Yeah. Mad. But let's talk about why we weren't natural back then. Yeah. Because... I always talk to people about the generational expectations imposed upon me with regard to my hair. Mm -hmm. So here I am with a half shaved head and purple locks in my 40s because when I had my daughter, who's now 10 and she was around two, is when I came to you, Felicia Leatherwood, to do my big chop and cut off all of my processed hair and start me on my journey towards natural hair growth. And a lot of the hesitation, because I had wanted natural hair my entire lifetime, really, it feels like a lot of that hesitation was my mother and grandmother mm -hmm. imposing upon me the mentality that to thrive in the world, I needed to have yep. straight, long, as long as possible yep. hair. Yeah. Yep. Let's talk about that. We impose that upon ourselves. But I think it's such a different day. I personally think it's just such a different day. And now, like, just, I mean, back when I was young, the big curly style, mm -hmm. my mother, I remember trying to wear my hair curly and my mother and my grandmother looking at me, oh, like they were going to die. And then my sister cut her hair off and got a natural. They tried to <laughs> just own her. I hope my mother's not going to listen to this episode. <laughs> um, That's exactly who we need to listen to. Uh, well, but no, I think it's different now. I mean, I think it's so different now. What do you think, Felicia? Are we in a different day and age or how much further do we really have to go? We are. Our our judgments and our attachments to things are so um, personal and individualized because if I were to see another woman, and I do a lot of consultations on Zoom, especially since we've been in a pandemic. And if I see a mother scolding her child or wanting to straighten her hair, I will have a judgment about it, like easily be like, oh, well, you know, she's five. I think she's okay. But growing up like that, a lot of us with our own parents, we love them. So yeah. we're not looking at them like that wasn't okay. But if you see another- I am. Trying to give. <laughs> but when you were younger, you were looking at your, your mother and grandmother crazy? Were you were you wanting to embrace it and they were not allowing you or were you? Absolutely. Okay. And yes, I yeah. was looking at them crazy too, but had enough respect and love to not act on that yeah. crazy. Yeah. Um, but I think like a lot of things, the younger generation, they're just, they're not having it again. Like they just, they're going to come out the gate embracing more shades of beauty and styles. and then I, I, so. I agree. I hope so. I fully support it. I'm all about it. And I find it. Um, very sad that to support that movement, we actually have to have legislation put in place. Now, on one side, it's brilliant, like legislatures are willing to support that. And the fact that it's necessary is what keeps me up at night. So according to some research behind the Crown Act, black women are 1.5 times more likely to be sent home from the workplace because of their hair. Which is astounding to me that anyone is sent home from a workplace or because school. of their or hair. Or school, right? Black women are 80% more likely than white women to agree that they have had to change their hair from its natural state to fit in at the office. 
Oh, so yes, we have a lot more work to do. So Felicia, do you, what do you think of the Crown Act? Um, I think what it's passed in like seven states and it's got 43 more to go. Which I said last time we had this conversation. That this to me, having just watched that series on Hulu, Miss America, this to me <laughs> is like the ERA, the Equal Rights Amendment right. for for women. Right. Like, oh, it's in seven states. We got forty three more right. to go. It is twenty twenty. Right. The fact that we are having that same conversation and keeping stats by state on hair. Right. That it didn't just pass problem. unanimously. <laughs> Correct. Like, yes. I'll be quiet. No. 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 What do you think of the Crown Act, Felicia? So I think it's great. Yeah. And really proud of them. They've really made some strides. I think that what you guys are doing is really important because a lot of people don't even know the Crown Act exists. They don't know what it is. They don't know that it is a law that has been fought (laughs) hardly, like a hard fight, uh, perseverance, tolerance and patience has gone into a a group of wonderful people putting this like a law yeah (laughs) against the law right and everything that goes Um, into that yeah unspoken so that we actually have defense and support if we want to wear our hair natural to work this is the thing you guys i love that the crown act exists uh, what I see as I travel the world is that we have so much more to cover because mm-hmm. you have the military that still does not accept, uh, you know, certain hairstyles. They don't do afros. There's certain I did braids. not know that. Got- yeah. Women write to me, tell me they had to take braids out or cornrows, twist Lots. out of their hair. Are you kidding me? No. Um, so, and, you know, we're talking about people fighting for our 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 freedom and our uh you know security and why is it that their hair is an issue it's right. not doing anything to you know keep them from doing their job and who set that standard and rule what white man yep. <laughs> who always yeah, sets those standards and ago. rules that we are still fighting <sighs> in 2020 come that's on that's infuriating that's a question that's a, it is a rhetorical yeah, but it's infuriating absolutely and then I've traveled to places like Cali, Colombia, where a group of young adults told me they couldn't get jobs because of their hair. Um, parts of Africa, their own people yeah. won't even allow them to work in certain hotels or have certain positions unless they put a straight hair wig on. So this, to me, is more about the color of our skin. Yeah. It is not really has it never really been about the hair it's always been we can't get you to change the color of your skin so let's just harp on the hair Mm -hmm. let's just get you to change the hair let's get you to change the way you talk the way you act the way you dress until we can get do something about your skin yeah so that's it's just uh it's heartbreaking to see yeah. And it's really hard, disheartening when our own people come up against us about it. Now, don't get me wrong. If you go into a movie theater or you're trying <laughs> to watch a play and somebody's sitting in front of you, a big ass afro and you can't see. Yeah, we got a problem. <laughs> but that don't even have to be an afro. 
there could right. be a girl with a high ponytail, straight hair. You can't see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. So, so what's so, the hair policy for the movie theater? <laughs> they just sit back. Yes. <laughs> had to sit behind everybody so yeah. that we can all see. You know. And we did an episode on cultural appropriation, and so it's fascinating to me that things like what you were just saying, Felicia, the natural hair. It's not about the hair, it's about the skin color because you see that in pop culture where there are other people with different shades of skin color who then appropriate natural hairstyles or hairstyles natural to black folks and it's all the rage as opposed to, okay, this is what we do on the daily, treat us right. But everything is that, you know, it's it's a really... Um, deep, deep dynamic to be black uh, in the world. I would say in America, but especially in the world, because everything, it's almost like you're getting ready to take a bite of something, somebody slaps it out of your hand. Then they pick it up, go fix it up real cute and pretty, and then eats it right in front of you. Right. So that was your meal. You had it first. Right. So I find it, I mean, everywhere I look, I see people saying, oh, you guys, remember when they talk about Ebonics? Now you watch these commercials, you got old white people using black terms. <laughs> yeah. Right. What the hell? You know, um, there was the saggy pants. Then they say, no, you look at Fashion Week and down the runway, they're wearing the saggy pants. The cornrows. <laughs> I have to say that was never cool on anybody. The Kardashians get onto the cornrows and now it's box braids or whatever they called it, something different. So I'm like, it's really frustrating. Right yeah. down the dancing, just, I'm like, man, I saw a commercial the other day. I don't know if you guys have seen this little video of this little black kid that said, I can do anything. Have you seen that? No. Where, so where he goes cute. through the alphabet? He goes through a lot, a lot of different things. It's not just the alphabet, but just like, I can run, I can jump, I'm smart. I'm. He's uh-huh. like, I can do anything. Uh-huh. So now they have this commercial for, I think it's diapers, but it's a l- cartoon, it's a little white cartoon baby. And she's saying it just like the black kid in the real video. And I'm like, is anybody noticing this? <laughs> and you're in the twilight zone. <laughs> So weird. When I go and I'm, you know, I just came from two very warm places, okay? And I just see a lot of people getting tans. You get this color, but then this color is not okay. This color is the same color that gets pulled over by the police, guns drawn on, you know. Sleeping in your apartment. So confusing, y'all. It's really confusing. So as a hairstylist, in this day and time, it's not just that I only want to do hair. I want to know how can I support my community more so that they feel inspired, they feel beautiful, and they feel loved to continue women wanting to be organically who they naturally are. Yes, hair, hair. So let's talk about a topic that came up with um, our last guest, Olivia Young, Black author, uh, Olivia V.G. Clark, Olivia who wrote Clark. Uh, Black Yes, so Girl, here's white the title of her, of, of her book, please. So she wrote Black Girl, White School, Thriving, Surviving, and No, You Can't Touch My Hair. And Let's she's a talk 16 about year old You senior. Can't Touch My Hair. She's a 16-year-old senior in independent school, and this book is a 
compilation of experiences and stories of girls dealing with hair issues and others. So much issues. so that it's part of the title of the book yeah. that covers the experiences of uh, young women of color, black women in independent schools. So let's talk about Don't Touch My Hair. Do you have any words of wisdom for our listeners who struggle with being asked on a good day, but just being touched on yeah. a not so good day via hair? Yeah. Well, I get a lot of questions from white women about that. Um, they want to understand why we don't think it's okay for them to touch our hair. They're saying that they want to admire it and their way of admiring it was to caress it. So so quickly to, tell us why it is a problem for those listeners who are listening and wondering that. So I told them basically that it's a property and our hair is very private and intimate to, our, to us. We are still learning about our hair and our hair is like our baby. You don't just go pick up someone's baby without asking. Mm -hmm. You don't go kiss somebody's baby without asking. And you just don't touch another person's baby. Let's talk body to body. If, if they want to admire, fine. A men, well, I, I won't even gender it. People like to admire women's breasts. Mm -hmm. So does that give folks the right across colors to go up and touch, especially without asking your breasts because they admire them? That is so dumb to me that people is. need to have that explained to them. Yeah, but it, it is it interesting. Where they them that also privilege. we were brought over, uh, <laughs> we were enslaved and put uh, in front of a crowd of people and they put their fingers in our mouths and made us yeah. open our mouths to show our teeth and turn around and fill up on us in front yeah. to sell who sell us. Yeah. So even though we didn't come directly from that, we're not too far removed. We still have that, nope. that feeling of, of someone, um, treating you like you're not a human being, yeah. being disrespectful, not respecting you and asking you if it's okay to be touched. Um, Correct. So I we have a whole Me Too movement and people that <laughs> understand and are part of that movement are asking the question of why they can't walk up and touch a woman of color's hair. I don't, don't uh-uh, no. Not they don't get that. Plus, you have to understand that people, they grow up uh, very sheltered thinking that- And privileged. entitled to- yep. to whatever, including you touching your hair. Mm -hmm. yep. So then let's say I'm, you know, a first grader in a predominantly white institution and I want to arm my or my mom. What what advice do you have, I guess, for parents in terms of arming their their children with a pretty frequent experience? Yeah, we didn't get we we didn't leave space for to answer the question. Yeah. What do you counsel folks uh, with how to respond to the request or the unsolicited touching, touching of yeah. their hair? I think that there needs to be more cartoons and education, maybe through Sesame Street. Children really learn by watching. Mm -hmm. um, they pick up on how to smoke cigarettes by watching the 101 Dalmatians, believe it or not, by watching Cruella Cruella DeVille, be a chain <laughs> yeah, smoker. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's a whole story we could talk about another time about that. And so kids will watch uh, Frozen and yeah. want that hair, Rapunzel and want that hair, Cinderella's. I mean, all of us, we can all go back to remembering yep. that we wanted that. 
So I think that movies like um, Hair Love yes. uh, and, 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 and other movies that are coming out that give us the self-esteem. Yes. Uh, on, and show the children young that they're beautiful and that they have their own crown of glory yeah. and to be honored will teach them that people can't just come up and touch. And they'll say, mm, you have to ask my mommy before yeah. you touch my hair or you have to ask my daddy before you touch my hair. Um, and so I think some of the education, don't go with a stranger, don't right. let <laughs> touch you inappropriately, don't let them touch your hair. It's all you know, it right. sounds extreme, but it's on that list. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I love the nod you just gave, though, to the importance of representation, right? Because it does teach, it teaches all of us, not just children. I think there's such an opportunity in all facets of entertainment, in particular, for us to model all kinds of styles and, and lengths of hair and colors of hair and textures of hair. And I don't, I guess my question is, how do we increase representation? I mean, especially in your line of work, you work with a lot of celebrities who, you know, they span different entertainment fields. You come up with that answer, you will be a very, <laughs> very rich, and I think both it's spiritually slowly. and monetarily. I think it's happening slowly, but I'm just waiting it's for that to be happening. more embraced. Definitely happening. It's happening fast, but it's weird mm -hmm. because now when I watch commercials, I see all kinds of representation of natural hair. Now, the thing is... Who's doing it on yeah. set? Ah. Because I can tell when it wasn't someone of color that yes. did the hair. Yep. The hair be looking dry and, <laughs> yeah. you yep. know, it looks like it's going through it. And I know that the sister that they did it to is like, I got to get paid. I got to pay my rent, even though my hair is jacked up in this commercial. Yeah. So we really, um, I think there are a lot of people working to talk to the unions and the motion picture industry to make sure that the representation starts on set yeah. first, yeah. starts on the movies in the background. That way, when you do see people show up on TV, you are able to admire them. And that's one of the things that I really focus on with working with Issa Rae on Insecure is showing her natural hair in a space where naturals or people who aren't natural yet see her and go, oh my God, that's beautiful. I want to try that. It looks easy enough for me to do. And that's one of my biggest focuses when I create hairstyles for Issa Rae, uh, whether it's on Insecure or any other. And I think uh, that's a big part of the whole experience of that show, right? You have She has been styled from that perspective from moment one. Correct. And it's authentic and real, and we love it. And Felicia, one of the things you have is a network of natural stylists, correct? That you yes. I, I have a company called Texture Management, and I basic, basically uh, manage and represent hair and makeup uh, women of color all over the world to make sure that if a celebrity or anybody leaves Hollywood and they go to Canada or Paris or London that they still have someone who can work with their hair I love that how do we learn more about that well texture management <laughs> it's very exclusive <laughs> uh, but you can write to me at askfeliciamore, M-O-R-E, askfeliciamore at gmail.com, and we can talk more about it. Um, also, because you know we got our time is almost short, I'm so sad, <laughs> is that I have my own 
detangler brush, which gets used in my household daily. The best game changer. Around here. Oh wait, I see it. It's right here. It's right here. It's right here. It's right here. You're probably gonna wreck a bunch of stuff trying to show you. Oh, and and we're coming out with the pink color. Ooh. <laughs> so this brush is incredible because it opens up and it flexes and moves with ah. your hair so that it doesn't rip your hair out. It yes. also lets you know when it's time for a trim by pausing as you move your hair but i love this brush because you can use it wet or dry and also you can blow dry with it and the little girls don't run from it and i noticed that men have been stealing the black ones and using <laughs> their beards so that I'm really happened in my home hey uh product the, number two the i'm sensing human, product number two <laughs> the human with the straightest texture hair <laughs> confiscated the black brush, the literally black brush. It was her model in black color. <laughs> so where can people, where can folks pick those up? You can pick it up at brushwiththebest.com. Uh, you can find it on Instagram, Facebook. It's everywhere. But Brush With The Best is where you can get it. And we're running a special right now for the holidays. Hmm. So they're great stocking stuffers. And I'm coming out with some amazing products at the beginning of the year. I'm really excited about. Um, and I really want to encourage people, just because you see a black person using a product does not mean it's black owned. Mm. So if you're really trying to support black owned, please do the research and make sure you are using a black owned product. This product has won awards with Glamour, Allure, um, Essence.com, and NaturallyCurly.com. And so yet I have yeah. seen the knockoff online. <laughs> Let's yeah, talk about that. Let's talk about that for a sec. Yeah. It's been a real interesting journey. And I'm just, I just pray and ask God to show me what the lesson is uh, in it about that. Um, but I'm gonna stay here and stay strong and keep going because God has given me a vision and I'm just gonna make sure I see it through, so. And I'm, I'm gonna go out here on a limb and say, one of the things I love about this product is the durability. Those knockoffs yeah. do not have that. Well, that's what I'm saying. So make sure you're <laughs> yes. buying what you think you're buying, yes. what you're setting out to Absolutely. buy. Absolutely, Absolutely. Because you will be sorry. <laughs> Ladies. Felicia, thank you so much for coming back and joining us and doing this again. And, and I'm going to invite you back because this conversation is not over. There's so much more for us to talk about. Let's do it. Well, I would love to talk about food as it relates to our hair because we have a heritage with food and hair. And now it's time that we kind of change what we have been doing food-wise yeah. and up it to being more healthy so that we can produce more healthy hair strands. Yeah, so That is a connection people definitely, self-included, do not really think about. <laughs> so yeah, very interesting stuff. So we are wrapping up and we are taking a break. A we are going to take a break, but before we move to shift to talking about that break, mm -hmm. we have not been in the space to talk to our listeners since we elected a new president. We haven't. We have not. We have not come in because we they were recorded. Still deciding. Were they still deciding? They were still deciding because we had recorded but released late. Okay. So those election results were not in. So I just need us to have a quick moment of silence. Thank you so much yes. for... <laughs> 
the positivity, potential positivity that we are headed towards in this country. Yes. Now it's already so much better. No, I'm saying potential because we have this way um, in this country of being short-sighted and, yeah. you know, the goal was to have a certain person elected and then not holding them accountable because they crossed that finish line right. of being elected. So I'm definitely saying potential because you have some stuff to prove to me, Uncle Joe. Yes, I feel like he's got so much undoing first, though. I mean, it just because you inherit the administration. Every president you. does. Yes, every but president this is particularly does. Particularly, <laughs> well, show. How, I have a question before before I, I roll out. How can the people, the citizens, support what needs to happen in the communities? Because I feel like people think you get the president, the vice president, you're done. That's it. Yes. They won't keep up with all the little things, yep. the nuances and all the little sneaky. The local elections. Things. So how do we actually as a community come together and who do we go to as a community in our area to make sure certain things get done? Yeah. That's a really good question That's and great. something that we had uh, that we are talking about doing in the new year is really bringing in local folks who are heading up different organizations throughout our city that can help our folks in Los yeah. Angeles understand what's going on politically, education wise, health wise, yeah. et cetera, and doing spotlights with community organizations so that we can give the people some resources and have some important conversations. But you're absolutely right. And the notion so right is about it. For and the notion is for everyone who is, you know, watching Joe and 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 being very skeptical, we're not finished either. We are not finished. Yeah. And we all get hype, like you said, because we've elected certain presidents, certain vice president. But what you mentioned, Lisa, is what's most important, local elections. Yeah. So we're real hype and we had record numbers of voting and the numbers of voting in local elections, especially in Los Angeles, are so disgustingly low that if we want to really talk about what affects our day to day lives, we need to get back at these local politics and get in these local elections. Absolutely. But that's enough politics for today. We are signing off until the new year so that yes, we can we have a holiday break and get some time, much needed, well-deserved time with yes. our family and friends. But we will be coming back stronger than ever in the new year. I think for us, it has been a tremendous learning opportunity to do these, these podcast series. And I think it's just it's shown us what's possible. Amen. So happiest of holidays to all of our loyal listeners. We look forward to seeing you in the new year. Please keep abreast of us via social media to know when we release our first episode. And huge, huge thanks yes. for you coming Thank back you, to us, Felicia. And we look forward to speaking to you again in the new year. Thank you. Thank you. Happy holidays, lady. Happy Kwanzaa. Thank you. So that's erased podcast with a C in the Yes. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook. And if you haven't caught up with all of our episodes, Now's please feel free. Now's the time during these holidays. Get at it. 2021, here we come.